Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we split our personalities and face them off in Jekyll versus Hyde. Next up, we go full Mad Max in a post-apocalyptic game of destruction in Radlands. And lastly, we strap on our safety helmets for a demolition derby in Collision. I'm your host, Celestia Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hi, guys. Time to game. And Mike Grenier. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> Ready to get it going. Well, our first game up this week is Jekyll vs. Hyde, designed by GNL, published by Mandu Games in 2021, number of players 2, ages 8 and up, playtime 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's in the spooky box? On the cover of the box, the calm blue Dr. Jekyll sits confidently above his rage-filled counterpart, Mr. Hyde, shown in an angry shade of pink. Inside, we find 21 evil cards, 7 of them pride, 7 wrath, and 7 greed, 4 potion cards, 1 identity marker, 3 tokens, and a game board with an identity track. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game is highly refined or mad as a hatter, Evan, <laughs> give us a quick overview of how it's played. Jekyll versus Hyde. It's a trick-taking card game for two players, and it's based on the famous book Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. As Dr. Jekyll, you'll need to resist Mr. Hyde's fierce attacks to protect your mind and keep the secret of your dual nature. As Mr. Hyde, your goal is to dominate Dr. Jekyll to overcome his identity. The game plays in three rounds. Ten cards are dealt to each player. The doctor's goal is to have five tricks each, so even split. But Hyde's goal is to win all ten or lose all ten, because the differential is the score for Hyde. So six tricks to four tricks, that's a two-point round for Mr. Hyde. But nine tricks to one trick... That would be eight points for Mr. Hyde in that particular round. The result is scored on the identity track. The game marker moves that many spaces towards the Hyde end of the track after each round. Standard rules (laughs) of trick-taking apply. There are three suits, seven cards per suit, but the trump cards in this game are the four potion cards, which can also unleash special effects, such Mm -hmm. as card swapping in the middle of a round, or the reorganization of the strength of the suits. If the marker reaches the last space of the track, Mr. Hyde instantly wins the game. If after three rounds, the marker did not reach the end of the track, then Dr. Jekyll wins and retains his sanity. (laughs) Phew. Okay. Yep. Well. That's it. (laughs) That was pretty much everything. Uh, It's one of the more thorough rules readings uh, because there isn't much more to this game. Um, What did you guys think of the unique scoring in this game. Mm. I mean, it's kind I of mean, interesting to see the the balance of trying to not... Like, if you're playing Dr. Jekyll, you want to be a balance. You want to take about the same number of tricks. Mm-hmm. But if you're high, you don't want to duck them all or you want to win them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I found it to be a lot easier to try to go extreme than it is to balance out winning and losing tricks. It's just a harder strategy. And you're kind of predisposed to try to win or lose tri- mm-hmm. tricks in like a regular trick-taking game already. So you're thinking of that strategy right off the bat. And it's hard to think how to avoid that strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I, that perhaps plays into the theme of the game in which you've got this person mm-hmm. who is struggling to sort of maintain control. And like you said, Mike, the Mr. Hyde in you is is, is going full <laughs> bore to try to disrupt right. that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yes, there is this more sort of uh, aggressive stance, obviously, that hi- that Hyde's going to take. And it's hard to to counter that and control it. Yeah, you could really feel the sense that the doctor is trying hard to maintain that control. And it is challenging. Right. Mm-hmm. It's true. And thematically, it it's yeah. on point. The question is, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's on point thematically, but the question is, is the is the fact that it's easier for one side to win than the other, meaning it's easier for Mr. Hyde to win his hands than if you're playing uh, Dr. Jekyll, does that lack of balance, that sort of known entity, because I believe the game designers said it mm-hmm. themselves that they recommend you play multiple rounds where each person plays both sides right. because mm-hmm. it may be more simple for... Mr. Hyde to win. Um, does that is that a problem? I don't know. I um, mean, well, which one won when you guys played? I think this time it was a two-player game. So I think mm-hmm. me and Evan played one time, and then you and Mikey played. And um, so who won? Was um, it Jekyll or Hyde? I think I recall um, uh, I the think... doctor holding on. In, in the game I played. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty I sure think, Hyde won yeah. every time Mike and I played. Oh. Yeah, I think so. I think that's accurate. Interesting. Yeah. But it's good to play multiple games, though, like kind of a tournament style, like best of three or whatever. Like Because I do, I mean, asymmetrical games, like, are really, really, really hard to balance. Well. <laughs> so by, it is good to play design. multiple games. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, but that there's a, there's a sub-challenge within the challenge of the game itself. Mm-hmm. And they, as you said, Celeste, the designers acknowledge that, and that is a deliberate part of this game. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not like it's choice. an artifact yes. that happens to happen yeah. that, that, that happens, you know, without any mm-hmm. level of control. It's mm-hmm. designed to work this way. Yeah. Well, one thing we did it shows that they tested. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they knew what they were mm-hmm. they knew what they were putting out because they did acknowledge this. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I enjoyed about it was uh, the art. We didn't get mm. a chance to talk about that at the top, mm. but the art is spooky, certainly mm-hmm. thematic, and the colors I thoroughly enjoyed. So yeah. one of the things that I'm really big on when I'm playing cards is, especially cards that are about numbers and trumps, not necessarily like a Magic the Gathering where it's like actual things happen on each card. It's just numbers, you need to know them. And you need to be clear on suits. I really like them to be super clear, not all ornate and all that stuff. So they did very specific colors, red, green, purple. The entire piece of art, even though it was really nice, was laid out on a red or on a purple with that entire mm-hmm. theme mm-hmm. of the card. So I like that. It was, it was really nice and easy to follow and also good looking. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had like a comic book-ish feel, but almost also like, but also like almost theatrical. like an intense watercolor, right? Yeah, and a little bit movie. You know, it felt yeah. like a 1940s oh, yeah. film to me, yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that I did a good job of trying to invoke the idea to, of a, a mental struggle, you know, mm-hmm. an anguish mm-hmm. or trying to, to control an emotion and maybe not succeeding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the cards in each suit are numbered one through seven, and actually just the pictures on those cards, the ones are kind of, you know, a little more subdued, shadowy, but you get up to the powerful seven, and it's this close-up facial expression of high, mm-hmm. all contorted. <laughs> you know, yeah. those yeah. facial expressions <laughs> conveyed in the cards definitely lent to the, the, the theme and the feel of the game. Yeah. Yes, very cinematic and action-packed, some of them, so really <laughs> Yeah. They were very action-packed. <laughs> what did you guys think of the board? And uh, it's pretty small. So this whole thing is pretty compact. You could travel with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the identity yeah. track itself. I mean, you know, there's a deck of cards, three little circle discs, and, uh, and and the identity track, which is small. It doesn't need to be anything. It, you know, it wasn't unnecessarily large. It was just the right size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it shades from the blue tones to the red tones. So you get that feel of the slipping into mm-hmm. the madness. As the uh, as the um, card as the counter goes down the track towards the hide side of the track, so I I liked it. Again, fit the theme. Yeah, and it's not like a, a lot of card games. You don't really need a board. This one here helped you to keep track of the dominant suit, like the dominant sin, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, which is very important because yeah. the yes. strategy switches depending on that. It really right. switches a lot. So the fact that mm-hmm. the Trumps had extra rules was another mind yes. game. For mm-hmm, those of us mm-hmm. who play a lot of trick-taking games, that was another like, whoa, hold on. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. wait, in the, yeah. now, correct me if I'm wrong, could the, Trump could change in the middle of a, a round, right? Could it change uh, in the I middle? Think- so what, yes, there, there yeah. is a potion card. The potion cards are the Trump cards. And one of them can activate, basically, if you play it against a red card, okay, my the opponent. The effect could change, plays yeah. it, then, then mm-hmm. it, it triggers the red effect, which is the wiping of the strength of the three suits. Yeah. The three suits are judged mm. by strength. The first one that comes out is the weak. The first suit played in the round is the weakest. The second is second strongest. And then the last suit you see winds up being the strongest. So if your hand mm-hmm. is not you know, optimized for that, you can play one of those potion cards on a red and then you can reorganize it. It all comes off and you get and you get a chance to mm-hmm. re reshuffle the, the strength of those suits. A mm-hmm. very, very yeah. key part of the game and part of the strategy, especially if you're playing uh, Dr. Jekyll. I was going to say, yeah, that's really necessary for Dr. Jekyll because in a regular like Trump taking game, if the suits and the Trumps stay the same the whole time, you know, the outcome could be really predetermined. But those potions give it a chance to like kind of flip. So I've won half the tricks. Now I have to flip it and lose the other half of the tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very important for Dr. Jekyll, especially to pay attention Definitely. to that. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury. Jekyll versus Hyde. Mike? <laughs> I'm a little biased when it comes to trick taking games. I really like them. Um, and this one had a really interesting Trump mechanic that kept me on my toes. Plus the trick taking itself, like being asymmetrical was also very interesting. It's kind of clunky to figure out, especially because we played it online, but uh, I think it's definitely worthy of a couple more plays. So I'll dig it up. Uh, Ed. 
uh, I was smacked around so bad, I was a little concerned about the balance in the game. But I'm really intrigued about mechanics here, so I'm going to take some more tricks and dig it up for now. Yeah. Evan? Jekyll versus Hyde. It's a nice twist on trick-taking games. Equilibrium, equilibrium versus imbalance. And it forces you to play in a way that you may have never played in trick-taking games before. Special powers mix things up nicely. It's not too disruptive to the overall flow of the game. I think it's a good head-to-head. Dig it up. Okay. I'm a little worried about the imbalance of Hyde versus Jekyll. Uh, really thematically on point, but I worry that the frustration factor of playing Jekyll could color the game negatively for some players. I'm going to give it a slight dig up. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. All right. All right. I myself enjoyed it, but I do think the frustration factor could be high. Are you a Dr. Jekyll or a Mr. Hyde when you play board games? Let us know. We are at Which Game First on all social media. Our next game up this week is Radlands, designed by Daniel. What do we think? Peachnik, I'm going to go with, or Pieknik. Okay. It's one of those. Okay. Published by Roxley in 2021. Number of players, two. Ages 14 and up. Playtime, 20 to 40 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's in the rad box? (laughs) On the cover of the box, we see the toxic colored silhouette of a bemohawked badass punk rock warrior (laughs) ready to sow mayhem. Inside, we find 46 person cards, 20 event cards, 34 camp cards, two water silo cards, two raiders cards, two player aids, six water discs, and six extra water discs. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game was super rad or just plain bad, Evan, (laughs) grenade launch us some rules. (laughs) Radlands, it's a competitive dueling card game about identifying fiercely powerful card synergies. (laughs) Mike, right up your alley. Each player is the leader of a post-apocalyptic group of survivors in a fight to protect your three camps from a vicious rival tribe. The main resource of the game is water. You start with a base of three water per turn, which you need to use wisely to activate people, unleash events, and to use the abilities of cards that you already have in front of you on the table. People protect your camps and provide useful abilities, while events are powerful effects that take time to pay off, but they pay off. Some of the Mm. effects include damage, which you can damage people or camps. You can injure, injure people. Destroy certain cards outright, boom, out of the game. Restore for healing, very important. You can raid, raid your opponent's camp. You can punk any person in your hand. (laughs) You can draw more cards. And the all-important, water. Gotta have that water. Mm -hmm. Both players Mm -hmm. draw cards from the same deck. All cards can either be played to the table or discarded for those quick junk effects. The first player to lose all their camps loses the game and winds up in the ash heap of Radlands history. (laughs) Boy, I am getting thirsty just thinking about this game. Yes, I know. Uh, I got a little water. Uh. <laughs> Parched. <laughs> Let's talk first about the the 
impossible to ignore piece of this game the first thing you see which is the colors right mike mm, oh yeah I, I they were kind of like toxic but they weren't like your average green everybody mm -hmm. uses green for like toxic they were like weird shades of blue and pink together and i just love that they they took a really good interesting take on like post-apocalyptic toxic colors yeah, I don't know if they did a color study of like what hits the serotonin bumps like those mm -hmm. app games do, you know, mm -hmm, like what, yeah. which uh, colors trigger that sort of excitement. But I think they nailed it, whether they intended oh, yeah. to or not, because it's a very sort of entrancing and attractive array of colors. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it, it reminded me a bit of the 80s, both in its <laughs> punk rock style, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm, Stylization mm -hmm. yeah. and also in that hot, hot pink that yeah. was such mm -hmm. a thing yeah, in the you, 80s. You, you yeah. can't deny that it's so punky. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's the, I mean, it's got the word rad right in it, too. You know, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I'm now, going deeper, the art itself, the drawings that were so brightly colored are very mm -hmm. expressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with, like, you know, there's a lot of expression and, like, close-up-y kind of looks to them. And, like, like the other game, too, like, a lot of action in the shots. Mm -hmm. Like, I... I don't know. I felt like I was in the world, like figuring things out about it just by the way it looked. Yeah, yeah. I just love their use of color here. I mean, they, they almost have like a little bit of a watercolor vibe to them, but almost. just the way it's all set up, it's, it's um, almost a little dreamy <laughs> in a way. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. trippy. Yeah. I would go with trippy. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a high quality comic book art come to life almost. It pops. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the captures, not just in the facial expressions, certainly the people were interesting, but I also thought the bases and the objects and the inanimate mm -hmm. things were, were just as interesting to look at. I, I thought this was one of the better looking games we've played all year. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And let's get down to it, guys. Let's talk about these combos. You're, you're nowhere without mm -hmm. combos in this Ooh. game. Yeah. Right, it's Ed? It's all about synergy. Yeah, it is. Ed, what did you think? Of the oh, way definitely. I mean, if you're, you're, when you're not looking for water, you're looking for combos. <laughs> combos do make you thirsty it's true <laughs> i mean salt pretzel yeah and the driest yeah. cheese you've ever eaten oh my god oh what a what a side How? trip that is man. seriously let's just talk for a moment about combos how is the They're cheese my... like dust it's like dust oh my god inside. and that's my travel food like if my travel snack is combos because i don't eat them really fast i like eat them slow because I have to drink water every time I have one combo. How do you know if a so combo has gone bad? You you can't no, because no, it tastes the no, same whether it was don't. fresh that day or a yeah. year later. I suppose actual green mold would be a it would be yeah. a tell, but that's about it. There's a million pounds of salt. You'll never see mold on those things. Yeah, like, exactly. And, How could it get any staler? It was born I mean, stale. But yeah, in this universe, a bag of combos would be a big treat yes, for these It guys. definitely oh, would. Yeah, way, to bring it, way to bring it and, back, And Mike. it would survive. I'm trying. I'm just struggling. I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> the thing about the in this game, oh, yes, game. It's just so useful. You can use them for so many things. I mean, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. there's just the main ability. Like, you can pay the yep. cost. You have enough water. You get them out there, and you have something cool. Mm -hmm. Or oh, it's like, ah, I don't got the resources. But that's okay. I can discard it and get something else cool instead. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. like that push-pull. Because the yeah. card itself is a valuable resource. And I'm yes. like, mm. so it's uh Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Oh, go ahead. You can follow oh, up yeah. on that point. So 
it's a one-on-one game so that you're spending a lot of time killing each other's stuff. Yes. So to try to build an engine is tricky because, <sighs> so hard. you know, everybody's wrecking a little piece of yes. it each turn and you're either trying <laughs> to struggle to keep it alive or get something new in there. And the resources are so tight yes. that it just makes it really difficult. The way I phrased it is the plan- planning is enjoyably mm-hmm. difficult to execute. Mm-hmm. So all <laughs> yeah. of your plans are really hard to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of get this in the theme. And tell me if you think you're getting the same vibe off of it. But mm-hmm. everybody sees all the plans everybody else is making because it takes most plans take three whole steps to get off. So you gotta. Yeah. So it's basically like you're announcing your plan and. Th- Two more turns have to happen before you're actually going to get yeah. that plan off. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get it. It's like, how do we know what's going on in the enemy camp? But this mm-hmm. is a wasteland, people. Nobody can uh-huh. keep anything hidden. There's no trees to That's hide true. behind. Right. Yeah. You know? And I, I like how it feels like a struggle to do this mm-hmm. stuff where really oh, I don't got enough water. I can chuck this car to get a water because I need that water mm-hmm. now. And then you yeah. put this plan in there and it's like, yes, I got to strike in on their camp. Ha ha. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. They got a combo going. No, I got to find a way to break that combo before mm-hmm. he kills me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a constant struggle between spending your resources to hurt the opponent or to help yourself. Mm-hmm. I think if there was like a third player in this game at the same time, oh my it gosh. would have such a different vibe. That's it would be wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. But it's really. but it's really made not to have that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it, it has it's that only, one. The v- tough thing with a three-player game mm-hmm. is that anytime you get two people ganging up on one, mm-hmm. probably yeah. true in this game. It definitely has a similar vibe to Netrunner in that one v one face mm-hmm. off with different levels of cards you know you get a front mm-hmm. row a second row a third row right. um there's a cat and mouse thing going on where you're like, some cards you know, are protected yeah. by other cards and all that mm-hmm. so it it had a similar i loved netrunner definitely my mm-hmm. only the only big difference between this and netrunner for me in feel was that netrunner feels really civilized by comparison (laughs) and i don't just mean like it's a it's just almost a polite theme right it's a polite theme of attack depends on the deck (laughs) right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it depends on the level of how you know the uh yeah the style of the hacker i guess is true but you know you've got this buttoned up little corporation and yes they're both doing Mm -hmm. you know nasty things but this is like so vile and so violent and so like Mm -hmm. crappy survival grittiness that it's like hurt feelings when you yes, get your cool thing it's destroyed. It's a little like, mean-spirited. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. and being on the other side of that, you're really feeling the sweat at that point. It's like, wow, so, mm-hmm. Celeste got that sniper set up at a perfect person, oh. taking out anything I put down. <laughs> oh, the sniper. I put down is dead. I put oh. the other thing down is dead. What am oh. I going to do? So if you see yeah. a sniper come out in this game and your opponent, get rid of that sniper. Kill it dead. <laughs> that thing <laughs> you is... Death. And if you are lucky yeah. enough to be the one that draws the sniper, protect it at all yeah. costs. Mm-hmm. Sniper with a healer yeah. combo going Strategy on. You're constantly repairing that thing mm-hmm. or, or re, you know, mm-hmm. unturning to, it. Oh, my gosh. To Powerful. circle back, I did feel like Evan and I are often quite friendly while we're playing. Cordial. You know, we're, yes. we're, we're polite to one another, but also we just, you know, we... We don't necessarily look for ways, but just tend to fall into alliances, right? And that sort of thing. So to be one against one, me and Evan, mm-hmm. 
That was Unusual. like not a good vibe for either one of us. It really, it made <laughs> us uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Boom, your base is gone. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. It's just something about it felt really mean-spirited. So I'll just say that yeah. as a one drawback. But hey, it's this is a gritty survival game. So I get it. It's meant, it yeah. yeah. It's meant to do that for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how did you guys think about the balance with water and spending and all of that? Do you think it went well? It was tight, that's for sure. Yeah, but in a, in, in a way, it was good that it was tight. I think if you had, you know, too much of the resource, that would take some of the, you know, strategy out of the game in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. If you just had yeah. you know, enough water to kind of do everything you wanted to, you, you wouldn't have the same feeling to the game. The, the struggle yeah. for resources, I, I, I like that part of these mm-hmm. kinds of games and arctic survival game that we, that we played as well struggle for resources mm-hmm. um it, it it just adds more layers in depth mm-hmm. to the game i i like mm-hmm. it for me it I kind think... of came oh go ahead Ed. yeah go ahead no no go for it oh so it there was a point in the game where it was kind of nearing the end game and there was it felt because it's a two-player game there's really nowhere to hide and it just mm-hmm. felt like the end was inevitable. Like I couldn't catch back up. Yeah. Like at a certain point, I lost something important and, and I was stuck. But I like the game has like a, a almost like a story arc in a sense where mm-hmm. in the beginning you're both trying to find your footing and you know you're building up and then there's that the epic struggle to to dominate in the middle and then there get to be that tipping point where it's like somebody finally got what they need. They get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's impressive that all this that we're saying here comes in like a one like rectangular box that fits in your palm of your hand, you know, like there's not a lot of parts to this game, but Mm -hmm. it really gives you a good feel and it gives you an excellent like gameplay and immersion. Mm -hmm. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Radlands. Ed? This game has wonderful components. They look great. They feel great to play with. And even after playing several times, I'm still looking to dig up some more rad combos. <laughs> Evan? Oh, this this game was a lot of fun. It, it was very much on theme. It looked great. It plays easy. The iconography was not too overwhelming. Not too bad. And and the rules I thought were clear. I didn't really need to have things explained to me twice or have to consult the rule book too much to 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 figure out some of the more complex aspects of complex aspects mm-hmm. of the game. So it's all win. Dig it up, Mike. I have to kind of agree with Evan on one point. Is that there are a lot of interactions in this game and any game that has lots of combos and lots of different things going on, the interactions can get really like in need of some rules, you know, uh, going over the rules or having somebody mitigate the rules for you. But in this game, I felt like it was just on the edge. You could still understand everything. (laughs) And, you know, I love a good combo. This game had tons of opportunities to try different stuff the next time you play Mm. and lots of synergies to discover in the future. So I have to dig this up. Yeah, lots of ways to go with this game. Uh, one playthrough is only going to want, it's only going to make you want to play more. The only caveat I would suggest is don't play with people who don't like to be adversarial. 
So like if, oh, yeah. if, if you want to play, you know, don't pick your friends who just all want to get along. Play the ones, play with the ones who are ready to be cut. Yeah, through. absolutely. Otherwise you might, yeah, you might have some hurt feelings. <laughs> Otherwise dig it up. Uh, if you guys have thoughts on what your favorite post-apocalyptic game is, let us know. <laughs> we are at Which Game First on social media. Our last game of this week is Collision. No designer. What? <laughs> Published by... Well, I'm going to say this the way it was written instead, because in this game... I really do think there are design elements. So rather than say no designer, I'm going to say designer uncredited. And uh, published by Whitman in 1969. And I'll tell you a little bit more about Whitman. Boy, have I got info. Oh, good. (laughs) Number of players, two to four, ages eight and up. Playtime, who knows? It was the 60s. Nobody cared about playtime. (laughs) Friday night. They just put on there. Friday Playtime. Friday. <laughs> or Saturday afternoon. One yeah. of the yeah. rainy Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Adult beverage. All right, Mikey, tell us what is in this old box. <laughs> oh boy. This kind of sickening orangey yellow cover shows old timey racing cars bumping and grinding as they dash down the track at what's likely a breakneck speed of approximately 45 miles an no, hour. No, 25. It's a 25. Demo yeah, probably, that's true. 25 miles max. Uh, inside the box, we have a board, 10 plastic car pawns, five yellow and five red, and two six sided dice. Mm, that's what's in the box. All right. Well, before we tell you if this game crashed and burned, <laughs> Evan, get us revved up with some rules. In Collision, you are a demolition derby team of cars, racing cars around a crazy track and trying to bump your opponent's cars out of the game. A player chooses one of their five cars to move, Then they roll 2d6. Very important. You choose your car first, and then you roll. You roll your 2d6, and you move that many spaces as the track allows. There are arrows on the tracks that indicate the direction the car is allowed to go. You can never go in reverse. No backwards. If Okay, now here is where the rules come in. If a player passes their opponent's car on the track, the dice are rolled again. And if a doubles is rolled, the opponent's car is bumped off the game board. If you land exactly on an opponent's square head-on, each player rolls dice. We have a roll-off. And the opponent gets bumped if they lose the roll-off. Now, if you land on a square from behind, you're approaching the car from behind and you Mm -hmm. land on them, okay, then you, the player, you get bumped. You eliminated your own car, so don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and by the way, don't ever land on your own same car because you wind up bumping yourself off in that instance and it's an elimination game the last car standing wins yep last car still running still moving so So, you don't want to get anywhere by exact count no Uh, and also doubles you have to roll doubles to get somebody off the board though in that instance in which you if you Mm. pass another car okay you pass your opponent you roll Mm. again if it's doubles they get bumped that's it wow yeah yeah all right, before we get into the to the deets about the gameplay, can we just talk for a second about the cover of this game? 
<laughs> one of the cars on the cover of this game. So this is clearly a demo derby from the 60s, of which demo derbies were really popular in the 60s. I think they hit their peak in the 70s. But on the cover is a is one of the cars has a bull bar on the front. That is what you call uh, just a blockade bar, a bar to sort of protect the car. That cannot be legal. How is that legal? Not anymore. I actually started researching demo derbies after seeing that. And I'm like, I mean, I was already a fan of demo derbies. My brother used to compete in them in the Mm -hmm. 80s. Um, my yes. Perry, yes, he was a demo That's driver. Wild. He went by the the moniker of Doctor Demo, and he would wear he would wear scrubs and a mask and There's everything. There's a couple pictures out there somewhere of him. Yeah. That's wild. So, yeah, and Dr. Would, Demo. He wasn't the best demo driver, but often got in on Audience Choice uh, to mm. the final heats. But it made me research them because. How is it okay for that one car to have this totally extra? reinforced (laughs) steel in the front to protect it from other cars. No, there is no history that I can find and the audience, correct me if I'm wrong, where that is allowed. And yet it is front and center on this box. I, it made me want to find the artist. Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe there, okay. I'm not going to make an excuse for them, Celeste, but I will say this. This is not a, a typical demolition derby. I mean, a demolition derby, you drive anywhere you want. And, and, right. You know, just, they don't go on tracks. Like yeah, this. these are tracks. Yeah. These have right. rules, That's weird. right? So, yes. so it is this hybrid sort of demo race derby. slash demo derby. And in there, in that case, maybe you can have these kind of cars that would otherwise not be, you know, perfectly in sync with the traditional demolition. Just, yeah, it's like our robot fights now, except for with cars. You know what I mean? Like you have to build a better, <laughs> you know, vehicle to survive. Maybe the, the honestly, you just gotta roll the <laughs> dice good enough. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It does come down to dice rolling. And imagine yeah. if a demo derby were actually laid out in this snake path of tracks that is this game board. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This game mm-hmm. There would be no way to weird. follow the tracks on here. It is just a loop-de-loop of the most tangled yeah. web of tracks that you just go I mean, all I along. guess it's supposed to represent chaos, right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Well, it's actually fairly orderly in that there's arrows everywhere that tell you exactly which way you can go. Yeah. But Ed, speaking of which, that means there's choices in this game, aren't there? Legitimate choices. ones? Choices. Uh, yes, there are. Yeah. are there choices <laughs> that are pre-delineated to you to some degree. Yes, yes. And in some cases, they don't even include arrows. So they say, well... Make up your own rules. <laughs> if there's no arrow, you can't go that way. I don't know what's the problem. No, well, I mean, right. there's, a, there's a couple of intersections where the box. I, I see at least one box where there are no arrows. So you have to kind of figure out. What's... <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. No, the, wow. it is oh, well. the land of pre 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 yeah. play testing. That's and, where and we the rules operate. are not exactly clear and exactly how much turning is allowed here because sometimes we do the crossover and then I see Celeste mm, yeah. doing a 90 degree turn and I'm saying, <laughs> well, it's not clear in the rules you can do a 90 degree turn here. Well, greater than 90. <laughs> and, Some of these turns I mean, are like, you know. I'm not sure if you're technically yeah. following the line. <laughs> I mean, I see one box. There's two weird boxes. One of them has arrows pointing in both directions on yep. the box yep. and then in. There's one that has one, two, three, four, five different arrows oh, yeah. going out mm-hmm. from it. 
Like, man, yeah. how do you tell Crazy. what you're actually supposed to do on those spaces? It can get a little hairy. It definitely can. Yeah. And all you want to do is get to that other car to crash into it. That's like all you want yep. to do. So, you're, <laughs> you know, you're very tempted to fudge the rules where they are not clear in this game. <laughs> and I want to say yeah. that the, oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Are you talking to that point? To the point of of getting to those cars so you can knock them off. Yes. But how you do it is kind of important. And more more often than not, you're going to wind up passing another vehicle. It's rare that you're going to roll on the exact space. So you're going to pass them. you got to think about it. If you don't roll doubles, then guess what? Your opponent's now behind you and they're going to come and get, and get yes, you. Yes, right. So you, exactly. you, are, you wind up setting yourself up in a position that if you did not roll that doubles and knock them out, you become the tar. You become the instant target. The it's next a round. Yeah, it's game tough of too. Leapfrog. Leapfrog. Yeah. yeah. In, in a, in a yeah. way, or you're trying to set yourself up with a big roll. You pass somebody and then try to loop around and somehow <laughs> end up behind them, but, but not land on them. Just yep. close to them. Right. So make it, it sounds like a lot of They have to roll very out. well in order to catch up to you again. But then trying to do this with ten cards on the map. Yes. Uh, mm. Yeah. So it's 1v1, huh? Or 2v2. It's a two or four oh, right. player Teams. game. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's two or four player game. Um, But there are five cards per side. <laughs> um, exactly how is that split up again? Um, I, uh, you, to, you get to pick your card. Let me consult the rule book. Which is one piece of the, the board. The of rule course. panel. Yeah. The back of the box. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, if I'm understanding you it right, that though, there's nothing in there about how to play, do a play two player yeah. game. No, there isn't. You, well, I assume you just yeah, take but, turns one, then one, then one, then one. Yeah, and you just right. share. Yeah, there's one. you move one car at a time, right? You can move right. the same yes, car five totally turns could. in a row. You totally you That's okay. right. And Mike, to that point, mm-hmm. you may find it strategically optimal to not bring out every car. Yes. And in that way, it's a, a bit Ludo-esque, right? You I keep was a bunch. Say, yeah. it sounds Ludo-ish, you keep a yeah. bunch home for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, home yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want it to become a target-rich environment. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. what sense. happens if somebody passes three of your cars on a single turn? Guess what? They're rolling doubles three times to try to mm-hmm. knock three cars out. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Yep. And can I just say that on this board is the um, audience, and they are perilously oh, close to the track. <laughs> yeah, especially because yeah, the point is to actually get guardrailed or anything like that. Yeah. yeah, those stands are like ten feet from the track. Oh, that looks like a pretty big crowd for a demolition derby. Oh man, this yeah. is the '60s. Yeah, it was big also, time. I don't know how well you're going to be able to see it on the board. I'm going to try to get it in close here, and for yeah. those of you listening at home, I will try to describe it. The people in the stands are simply dots, dots. of color, <laughs> and nothing yeah. more. But it's, I it's, just, it. yeah. it's just I confetti colored yeah. dots. <laughs> and there, yeah. there's your it's, people. I mean, it's not diversity. a cupcake, it's an audience. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's diverse. Yeah, I'll give that. <laughs> it is diverse. It's, so it's ahead of its time for the 60s, no yeah. doubt about it. That's yeah, true. You guys want to hear a little bit about this company that Absolutely. made the game? Yes, because I, I don't yeah. think we've ever played a Western Whitman A Whitman game. game. Right. We've that's that's one, one of the reasons I was curious about it, because we hadn't heard of Whitman. And I was wondering, is this a big company, a little one? I mean, what did it put out? And also that this game, for its time, is exceptionally complex. Although, mm-hmm. and I will preface, like, I could write a college thesis on this. <laughs> Games of the 60s were far more in-depth than Games of the 70s. I'm going to make that argument. That's it. 
I'll stand think, by that okay. thesis statement. So, I, I think I would yeah, join let's get you some, in that opinion, Celeste. I I'll, think I would. I want to see some supporting evidence, but that's a pretty good uh, <laughs> It's a bold starting statement. Point. <laughs> it is. So um, the game was done in the 60s, and I was impressed with the quality of, of it for a basic board game, right? It wasn't one of those high-end board games. It looks like your standard Monopoly-style box. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and looked up Whitman, and it turned out that Whitman was actually a... Um, a, what do you call that, offshoot, a subsidiary of Mm -hmm. Western Publishing, which Mm -hmm. this is from the 1600s, okay? Whitman's, Whitman was purchased by Western in the the 19, what did I say, 1600s? 1600s. We knew what you (laughs) meant. We knew it wasn't in the 1600s. Wow, really? Like like the East India Trading Company. (laughs) Yeah, there's pirates everywhere. It's crazy. (laughs) The first company in history, the Dutch East India Company. Wow. Oh, yeah. Now, I wasn't going to correct you, but I didn't think you meant the 1600s. So, So guess what Western Publishing's claim to fame is? Anybody under 30 will remember the little golden books. And those were the kids' books with the gold spine. Spine, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was their claim to fame. The golden books, the little golden books, golden book family, all of it bought by Penguin. Okay, Penguin Um, Publishing. Well, little golden books was bought by Penguin. The rest of Whitman Mm -hmm. and Western went to Mattel in the 70s. Oh, there you go. So I imagine Mattel owns this license. Yeah, ate it up and... Destroyed it probably. <laughs> Who knows? What they did. They're going to re-release it any minute now. Yeah, yeah. any minute. <laughs> That's right. Who knows? You know, it's better than it a could. lot of the games that are in Target today. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. Yeah. There's some. I mean, there's some tough titles. There's some in there. bad yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Like, don't yeah. get us started on one based on it's like mixed. you know the pop culture of the moment and so forth. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay well now with that little bit of history behind us it's time to dig up or bury collision what say you evan collision had its bumps but it did not crash <laughs> i expected very little from this obscure game but my expectations were exceeded there is some strategy to this game it's not the best vintage game that i've played but certainly it's far from the worst dig it up <laughs> Far from the worst of most of the ones we played recently, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we played some real doozies. Come, yeah, coming Mike? soon. Yeah, I sadly did not get a chance to play oh, this game, right. so I will withhold my opinion. Yeah, I will. We can do. We it. will. Well, yeah, we'll, a little warm up. Yeah, before one of our we'll sessions. make a tabletopia version of it and play it there. <laughs> easy. <laughs> Wouldn't be bad. And be easy. It's an old game, and I didn't expect a lot from it. Right. Uh, bumping your opponent is fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think the rules are a little weird. <laughs> okay. uh, there's a lot of dice offs in this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yes. dicing and That's dicing good. and dicing. So, I don't know. That didn't really grab me. <laughs> I'm going to have to bury it. I thought that was a plus. Oh, you were, I thought that was you were, the winning. You were, you know, he totally I, had a solid so, Oh, my God. He really did. You punked. You pulled the rug right oh out from underneath both of them. awesome. <laughs> well, this game had legitimate choices, Ed, and it was pretty fast-paced. So despite the wildly inaccurate cover art, <laughs> I thought it was on theme and well done. Even if I had to write some of the rules myself. <laughs> Dig it up. Yeah. If, have you ever wished that you were in a demolition derby on the freeway? 
<laughs> Let us no. know. We are at Which Game First on all social media and Discord. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you every single week. We love it. So come see us. Come talk to us on social media. And if you get a chance, please, anywhere, leave us a like or a rating or a review. They hugely help. So go and do that this week. Put it on your to-do list for September. That list is so long anyway. Just add one more thing to it. A like, a rating, or a review for which game first. We would deeply appreciate it, and it'll really help others find the show. Happy gaming, explorers! Worlds collide, and so do cars. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm going to start stockpiling some water in the basement. Uh, don't worry about that, all right? There ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind, baby. Ha, 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 ha,